Hey, Fuse, and welcome back to our conversation about spiritual practices. If you've missed any week of this, why don't you go back and check out all of our content on YouTube and go ahead and text practice to 30303 so we can help you along the way as we practice these things of God together, okay? Okay, all right, now, I don't know about you, but the whole time we've been talking about spiritual practices, I've thought about the literal countless hours I've spent practicing a variety of sports. I grew up playing sports and I always heard day after day in the midst of college two-a-days, running drill after drill after drill, coaches' voices just like ringing in my ears. Practice makes perfect. Well, as we've discussed, no offense to my former coaches, one of whom was my dad. Hey, dad. But that saying is not entirely true. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes perfect permanent. Whatever we are practicing, we are developing habits that are creating a type of muscle memory in our lives. And the longer we practice, the more permanent a mindset or behavior becomes. For example, softball was my sport growing up. So my whole life I had practiced a softball swing. I mean, over and over and over again, swing after swing after swing. I used to get so mad at my dad for always having me out in the backyard working on it. I mean, we would analyze my technique. We would talk about it, try again. My dad would even film it. So I would go back and watch myself, which is always the worst to have to watch yourself. Now, I wasn't born knowing how to swing a bat, but I'm telling you, if I were to pick up a bat right now, even if I haven't swung one in months or years, it's like my body just remembers what to do. Like I'm 15 again out in the backyard with my dad going over swing after swing. We practiced and practiced that swing so much so that when it came time to play a game, I didn't even have to think about it. I just did it. The swing had just become a fixture of how I moved. It's like permanent now. It's almost second nature. It's no different in our life of Christianity. We are not saved just knowing how to live like a Christian. I've talked to many of you in the past who have said, I just wanna know Jesus like you, or I just wanna love the Bible like Lee, or I just wanna be passionate like Caleb, fill in the blank, whatever your name or whatever you think of right there. But I promise you, they did not just show up there in their spiritual life. They've practiced. And so now it has just become true of them. So we practice too, knowing that one day these things will become permanent in our lives, almost like spiritual muscle memory. So what we have been talking about the whole time is this definition of spiritual practices. Spiritual practices are training in the ways of Jesus in order to get close to Jesus and become like Jesus. That is our goal. And one way we will get there is by practicing worship and singing. Somebody give me an amen. All right. I love, this is like one of my favorite spiritual practices. But we gotta start with the core, okay? The core question of all of this first is, what is worship? I've heard this said before and you can write it down. Worship is giving value to what we see as valuable. Now, there are many ways to worship. You can see that all of creation was made worshipers. We are all giving value to someone or something, but Obviously, if you look throughout the world, you can see everybody ain't worshiping the same thing. I mean, obviously people worship different literal gods, but that's not it. We all give a whole lot of value to a lot of different things, don't we? The sports teams we've played on, the money we have or don't have, (laughs) the boyfriend or girlfriend we have or don't have, (laughs) the way we think people view us and our reputation, 
Many things are valuable to us. And so we're constantly trying to decide what to worship most. What do we give most value to? And a great way to figure this out for yourself is by asking this question personally. If I no longer had blank, it would ruin my life. Think about that. Whatever is the number one thing in that blank for you, at some level, you're worshiping it because it is of greatest value to you. That is why it is important to consistently practice directing our worship to God because our worship is gonna go somewhere. It is our practice to focus that worship on God and on God alone. And one of the easiest and most powerful ways we have to do this is through singing. So here's the main point. I want us all to come around today, all right? Write this down. Worship through singing is focusing on and responding to the worthiness of God. Now, who loves music? Everyone, right? Everyone loves music. It's one of the most common grounds humanity has. No matter what culture, background, race, age, nationality, whatever, humanity loves music. It doesn't matter if you are on the plains of Africa or the streets of Charleston, walk around long enough and you're gonna hear music. And music makes us feel, doesn't it? Like ever heard a good singer and you just got goosebumps on your neck or ever heard a song and cried? Some of y'all have songs that you play on purpose to feel because you just like to live in your feels. I get it. I get there sometimes. But there's also that songs with such a good beat that you just can't keep from like bobbing your head. It's just too good. Music is one of the most amazing phenomena on the planet because it is so tied to almost every emotion and feeling we have. We respond to music. But have you ever wondered why that is? Why is music so tied to our emotions? Why is it tied to our memories, our feels, our joy, and our dancing? Well, we find that answer in the Bible in Zephaniah, yes, that's a book, 317, where it says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. God sings. God loves music. Revelation says that God has angels around him all the time singing, holy, holy, holy. Our God loves music because he created it. He's like the original music producer. And then Genesis 1:27 tells us that we are made in his image. We're made in the image of a singing, music-producing God. So I believe that means that music is knit into our DNA. We are made to sing. We are made to worship. Music makes us feel because God designed us that way. And as we audibly sing and give praise to God, it reconnects us to our right object of worship. The reason why you've probably cried during a worship song, probably oceans, and you didn't know why, well, maybe because that music was connecting you to something greater namely him. Ecclesiastes says that eternity has been placed in the hearts of man, meaning from birth, there's something inside each of us that is searching for God, searching for its source, its maker, searching for Jesus. Singing reveals to us the true reality of that hidden desire and calls us to look up. It connects us with the soundtrack of heaven and with the song of our father that 
peace of eternity that has been placed in our hearts begins to fill to overflowing because it's found its true object of affection. Singing can reshape our mind and redirect our affections. It can reveal God himself to us. And that, my friends, is the ultimate goal, the very presence of God. I mean, look at what Psalm 100 verse four says. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. God shows us here that the password to his presence is singing God's praises. If God is the goal, then singing gets us in his front door. That is the power your worship and your singing has. I'm telling you, if you've only ever been singing at church or if you, you are missing out on so much fullness that God has for you. And I don't mean just like listening to worship music around your house. I mean, actually engaging your vocal cords to make noise and sing worship to God. So listen, I know it can be weird to do this at home by yourself, especially if you don't love your singing voice. So let me tell you just a few very practical ways that I practice this when I am by myself, okay? Number one, I make a playlist that I personally love. All right, we're gonna be sharing worship playlists for you this week, but let me tell you something. There is something to you making a playlist that stirs your personal faith. Songs that have affected your personal walk with Jesus. I have an actual playlist called Go To War. And those are worship songs that make me wanna take ground for the Lord, like I'm literally charging hell. Then I have another playlist that's called Rest and Worship. And that's a playlist that encourages me to just rest in the Lord and really think about what he has done for me and who he is. We all have different music preferences. I don't love all the music you love and you don't love all the music I love. So we all have worship songs that God uses personally to connect with us. Find those and have fun with it. That's number one. Number two, find some space where I can sing. And let me encourage you, uh, worship through whisper singing counts because I often get up early in the morning and I don't wanna disturb my house, my roommates. So I'll either stay in my room and put headphones in and I'm literally like whisper singing to the Lord, which is really weird, but God loves it and nobody else sees me but Him. Or my car becomes a great worship room if you have your license. I've often put on a playlist um, in my room while I'm just cleaning or doing chores around the house. Our worship and praise is what makes a room holy. It doesn't have to be at church. God's presence is not contained there. He will rush to those who are worshiping him wherever they are, okay? So we've got a playlist, we've got some space. And the third I would say is use more than your singing to worship. For years, y'all, let me show you something. I would stand at church during worship, I promise like this. I mean, just bored, like nothing. And I wondered why I would leave church and really didn't get anything out of worship. You know what I'm talking about? But as we engage our voices and also engage our bodies in worship, it takes on a more powerful dimension in our lives. So here are a few things that I have practiced that have truly connected me to God, okay? First of all, raise your hands. God, this used to make me feel so weird. I don't know why, just this little action made me feel so weird. But there's something about raising my hands that has done two things for me. One, it shows that I'm surrendering to God. 
my thoughts, my feelings, my frustrations, my emotions, whatever. And as I surrender those things to Him, He gives me better things in return because my hands are open to receive it. I'm telling you, just try it out. See if it works for you. And maybe you gotta do one level at a time. Maybe you start here, and then you get here, and then you get here. But just engage your arms in worship. I promise it'll do something for you. Another thing that has worked for me is, I'm not gonna do it right now, but I get it on the floor. The Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. Getting on the floor in worship takes all of my pride and pain and whatever else, and it humbles itself before the Lord. It shows the greatness of God and the littleness of me. And so often I have felt the presence of God just rush in as I humble myself there. And also we see Jesus do this all of the time in the Bible. So I'm just always trying to do more of what he does, okay? And then last but not least, a little worship hack that has been a game changer for me is one that is more than singing. It's worship through shouting. Yep, Mm -hmm. you heard me right. You may not be able to sing. I get that that's some of us, but everyone can shout. In the Christian history of spiritual practices, this is known as a Shabbat. Now, that is a Hebrew word that encourages us to praise God with a loud shout. It's, it's the kind of worship where words just begin to fail you, where like the melody no longer seems to be enough to express the value and the love and the adoration we have for God. So the only thing that seems to define our worship is to take a deep breath and literally just, woo! It's like the celebratory shout at the end of a huge game you just won. The the sign to the opponent of celebration and victory, a battle cry. So y'all lift up to God a shout of praise because he has secured victory and that victory now belongs to you and to me. Worship and singing is the soundtrack of heaven. I wanna practice so much here that when I get there, it feels like something I've been doing my whole life. Our God is so far beyond worthy of our worship. Let's focus on God and respond to Him by worshiping. So sing, y'all. Sing loud, sing unapologetically, sing out in public, sing in private, because let me tell you, God loves the sound of your voice. Let's sing.